Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is the Muslim Experience Podcast, and I'm your host, Farooq. So, inshallah, we will continue our journey through the Quran, and today we will go through three surah. The first one will be Surah Al Ahadab, and then we will cover Surah Sabah, and then finish off with Surah Fatir. So Surah Al-Ahadab is a Madani Surah and it mentions about the Confederate Army which is a group of different people coming together and this was one of the largest armies in Arabian history hence the name of Al-Ahadab and nothing united them internally and then there was the Quraysh Army which was the 10,000 strong army and that was basically to get rid of Islam. And they marched onto Medina, revealed the incident of Ahdab. And victory was granted by Allah for the Muslims. There is mention of this in verse number 9. O you who have believed, remember the favor of Allah upon you. When armies came to attack you, and we sent upon them a wind and armies of angels. You did not see, and ever is Allah of what you do seeing. So angels were sent with the other people who were battling, and they were not able to see them, but Allah sent that help, and that is where the victory was for the Muslims. Verse number 10. Remember, when they came at you, from above you and from below you, and when eyes shifted in fear and hearts reached the throats, and you assumed about Allah various assumptions. There the believers were tested and shaken with a severe shaking. And remember when the hypocrites and those who in hearts is disease said, Allah and his messenger did not promise us except delusion. And when a faction of them said, O people of Yathrib, so Yathrib is like an insult, basically. We don't say Yathrib, we say Medina. So this is what these Quraysh people were saying. O people of Yathrib, there is no stability for you here, so return home. And a party of them asked permission of the Prophet, saying, Indeed, our houses are unprotected while they were not exposed. They did not intend except to flee. And if they had been entered upon from all its surrounding regions and fitna had been demanded of them, they would have not done it and not hesitated over it except briefly. So there is mention of those who turned away during the battle and made this excuse that their homes were not protected even though they were. And Allah knows of those who are the hypocrites. Verses 22, 23, 25 and 36. Allah praises the believers and it shows us that at times of stress, anxiety and danger, we need to strengthen our resolve by turning to Allah, by asking for that help from Allah and when we do that, the help will surely come undoubtfully. 22. And when the believers saw the companies, they said, This is what Allah and His Messenger had promised us. And Allah and His Messenger spoke the truth. 
and it increased them only in faith and acceptance. Among the believers are men true to what they promised Allah. Among them is he who has fulfilled his vow to the death, and among them is he who awaits his chance. And they did not alter the terms of their commitment by any alteration, and Allah repelled those who disbelieved in their age, not having obtained any good. And sufficient was Allah for the believers in battle, and ever is Allah powerful and exalted in might. It is not for a believing man or a believing woman, when Allah and his messenger have decided a matter, that they should thereafter have any choice about their affair. And whoever disobeys Allah and his messenger has certainly strayed into clear error. Now we move on to verse number 28 and 29. We thank Allah that he has sent as a prophet that is fully human. And Umar radiallahu anh made that emotional statement when he mentioned after seeing the status of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu with what he wore or how he stayed in his home or how he lived so simply and was a minimalist, he would say to him, look at the emperors of Rome and Persia and you don't even have a soft mattress to lie on. Verse number 28. O Prophet, say to your wives, if you should desire the worldly life and its adornment, then come, I will provide for you and I will give you a gracious release. But if you should desire Allah and his messenger and the home of the hereafter, then indeed Allah has prepared for the doers of good among you a great reward. It would not be befitting for Prophet Muhammad to want more. So a lavish lifestyle, he could have easily had it. Allah could have granted that to Prophet Muhammad But it is not something that he wanted. He wants the life of the hereafter. He wants Jannah. That is what he wants. So if we looked at the status of how he lived, Prophet Muhammad did not see to wear the best of clothes or, you know, like we have today, designer clothes and well-known brands, etc. He lived simply because his reward he was waiting for is the hereafter. As we move on to verses number 32 and 33, Someone as righteous as our mothers are being instructed not to speak in a soft manner. And this is purely because of how they could change a person. Verse number 32. O wives of the Prophet, you are not like anyone among women. If you fear Allah, then do not be soft in speech to men, lest he in whose heart is disease should covet but speak with appropriate speech and abide in your houses and do not display yourselves as was the display of the former times of ignorance and establish prayer and give zakah and obey Allah and his messenger. Allah intends only to remove from you the impurity of sin, all people of Prophet's household, and to purify you with extensive purification. Moving on to verse number 59. 
Pair this with the verse of Surah An-Nur discussing the issue of Khimar. And these two verses are all you need to get the Quranic paradigm of feminine modesty. So verse number 59 reads, O Prophet, tell your wives and your daughters and the women of the believers to bring down over themselves part of their outer garments. That is more suitable that they will be known and not be abused. And ever is Allah forgiving and merciful. This is such an important verse. Moving on to verse number 35. And this is one of the most explicit verses about gender equity in the entire Quran. Men and women are spiritually equal in the eyes of Allah. Verse number 35. Indeed, the Muslim men and the Muslim women, the believing men and the believing women, the obedient men and obedient women, the truthful men and the truthful women, the patient men, the patient women, the humble men and the humble women, the charitable men and the charitable women, the fasting men and the fasting women, the men who guard their private parts and the women who do so, and the men who remember Allah often, and the women who do so. For them, Allah has prepared forgiveness and a great reward. Uh, verse number 37 mentions about Aisha radiallahu anha said that if our Prophet were to have hidden anything from the Qur'an, it would have been this verse. And the fact that it is in the Qur'an demonstrates that he is conveying it as it was conveyed to him. So there's a mention of the adopted son, Zaid bin Haritha, and Prophet Muhammad married marriage of Zainab bint Jahsh. Verse number 37, And remember, O Muhammad when you said to the one whom Allah bestowed favor, and you bestowed favor, keep your wife and fear Allah, while you concealed within yourself that which Allah is to disclose, and you feared the people, while Allah has more right that you fear him. So when Zaid had no longer any need for her, we married her to you in order that there not be upon the believers any discomfort concerning the wives of their adopted sons when they no longer have need of them. And ever is the command of Allah accomplished. Verse number 40. Prophet Muhammad Wasallam is the seal of the prophets. Number 40. Muhammad is not the father of any of your men, but he is the messenger of Allah, and last of the prophets, and ever is Allah of all things knowing. 41 to 46. These are the oft recited verses in prayers. O you who have believed, remember Allah with much remembrance, and exalt him morning and afternoon. It is he who confers blessings upon you, and his angels ask him to do so, that he may bring you out from the darkness into the light. And ever is he to the believers merciful. Their greeting the day they meet him will be peace, and he has prepared for them a noble reward. O Prophet ﷺ, indeed, we have sent you as a witness, and a bringer of good tidings, and a warner, and one who invites to Allah by his permission, and an illuminating lamp.
Let's move on to verse number 56. Indeed, Allah confers blessings upon the Prophet ﷺ and his angels ask him to do so. O you who have believed, ask Allah to confer blessings upon him and ask Allah to grant him peace. So this is also recited in every single sermon and lecture acted upon by billions of people every single day. 63 to 68 of this surah reminds us about who our role models are. And we have to make ourselves aware that are they bad? Will they lead you astray? You need to make yourself aware of these things. Verse number 63 and onwards. People ask you concerning the hour. Say, knowledge of it is only with Allah. And what may make you perceive? Perhaps the hour is near. Indeed, Allah has cursed the disbelievers and prepared for them a place. Abiding therein forever, they will not find a protector or a helper. The day their faces will be turned about in the fire. They will say, how we wish we had obeyed Allah and obeyed the Messenger. And they will say, our Lord, indeed we obeyed our masters and our dignitaries. And they led us astray from the right way. Our Lord, give them the double punishment and curse them with a great curse. And to conclude this surah, verse number 72 mentions about the issue of being cognizant and aware of the blessings we have been given. It is also a trust from Allah. Indeed, we offered the trust to the heavens and the earth and the mountains, and they declined to bear it and feared it. But man undertook to bear it. Indeed, he was unjust and ignorant. Okay, let's move on to Surah Sabah. Sabah is a province in Yemen and it relates to the Queen of Sheba. There is mention of the reality of the resurrection and the power of Allah. Verses number 1, 3, 7 and 9 mention this. All praise is due to Allah, to whom belongs whatever is in the heavens and whatever is in the earth. And to him belongs all praise in the hereafter, and he is the wise, the acquainted. But those who disbelieve say, The hour will not come to us. Say, Yes, by my Lord, it will surely come to you. Allah is the knower of the unseen. Not absent from him is an atom's weight within the heavens or within the earth, or what is smaller than or greater except that it is in a clear register. But those who disbelieve say, Shall we direct you to a man who will inform you that when you have disintegrated in complete disintegration, you will then be recreated in a new creation? He has invented about Allah a lie, or is there in him madness? Rather, they who do not believe in the hereafter will be in the punishment and are in extreme error. Then, do they not look at what is before them and what is behind them of the heaven and the earth? If we should will, we could cause the earth to swallow them or could let fall upon them fragments from the sky. Indeed, and that is a sign for every servant turning back to Allah. So we mustn't doubt the reality of the resurrection and the fact that we are all going to be returning to Allah and to Him we belong. 
He created us and He can recreate us. He can do whatever He wills. Verses number 13 and 14 mention the blessings of Dawood, peace be upon him, and Suleiman, peace be upon him. The real thankfulness is through actions. Do your rituals and lifestyle conform as such. The jinns are not entities that are all-powerful, all-knowing. Verse number 13. They made him for what he willed of elevated chambers, statues, bowls like reservoirs, and stationary kettles. We said, Work, O family of David, in gratitude, and few of my servants are grateful. And when we decreed for Solomon death, nothing indicated to the jinn his death except a creature of the earth eating his staff. But when he fell, it became clear to the jinn that if they had known the unseen, they would not have remained in humiliating punishment. So this is a reminder about the jinn. They are not able to see everything as such. When Suleiman, peace be upon him, had died whilst holding his staff, they were unaware of this. But yet it is Allah who is all aware. Verses number 17, 18 and 19 covers the story of the dynasty of Sheba. And to conclude, we are told to challenge the non-Muslims around us. Verse number 46, Say, I only advise you of one thing, that you stand by Allah seeking truth in pairs and individually, and then give thought. There is not in your companion any madness. He is only a warner to you before a severe punishment. And that concludes Surah Sabah. Let's move on to the last one of this episode, Surah Fatir. This surah has many amazing phrases and powerful language. So try to associate with scholars if you are not going to be a scholar yourself. It is good to surround yourself with people who have knowledge and remind you about Allah. Verse number one. All praise is due to Allah, creator of the heavens and the earth, who made the angels messengers having wings, two or three or four. He increases in creation what he wills. Indeed, Allah is over all things competent. Whatever Allah grants to people of mercy, none can withhold it. And whatever he withholds, none can release it thereafter. And he is the exalted in might, the wise. Verse number 5. O mankind, indeed, the promise of Allah is truth. So let not the worldly life delude you, and be not deceived about Allah by the deceiver. Verse number 6. Indeed, Satan is an enemy to you, so take him as an enemy. He only invites his party to be among the companions of the blaze. Verse number 14. If you invoke them, they do not hear your supplication. And if they heard, they would not respond to you. And on the day of resurrection, they will deny your association. And none can inform you like one acquainted with all matters. O mankind, you are those in need of Allah, while Allah is free of need, the praiseworthy. And then to conclude, we have verses number 32 to 34. There are three categories of Muslims. Then we caused to inherit the book those we have chosen of our servants. And among them is he who wrongs himself, and among them is he who is moderate. 
and among them is he who is foremost in good deeds by the permission of Allah. That inheritance is what is the great bounty. For them are gardens of perpetual residence, which they will enter. They will be adorned therein with bracelets of gold and pearls, and their garments therein will be silk. Verse number 34. And they will say, Praise to Allah, who has removed us all sorrow, who has removed from us all sorrow. Indeed, our Lord is forgiving and appreciative. That concludes Surah Fatir and also this episode. I hope you enjoyed the summaries of these three surahs. Inshallah, I didn't take too much of your time. I'm trying to keep these as brief as possible. A reminder to myself and others, I urge you to read the Quran. I urge you to try to reach out to the good understanding and translation. Try to find a good translation of the Quran so that you are able to understand it more. And may Allah grant us the understanding of this beautiful Quran, which are the words of Allah, and allow us to implement the actions into our lives. Ameen, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Remember me in your du'as, as I will pray for you also. And I'll leave you with that. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.